Welcome to the Cleeside Escape. Today is Tuesday, November 30th. Gotta get the timestamp correct. It is 2.15 p.m. And as of now, Brian Kelly is in Baton Rouge, but the Notre Dame Fighting Irish do not have a head coach. My footage is all from last night, but I talked to Nick Baumer, Connor Wilson, and Joe Birchie about filling that vacancy. Additionally, I was going to talk to Spencer Costello about simply the idea of Notre Dame playing a 13th game, but that divulged into more of this news. So, hope you enjoy. All our heads are spinning, but we should end up in a good place, so stick around. All right, welcome to the Clee Side Escape. Delivered that with some level of enthusiasm, which means that the Brian Kelly departure as of two hours ago is starting to wear off, but uh, we're already in the lab looking for the next replacement. So a couple of new, actually three newcomers here. We got Joe Birchie, Connor Wilson, and Nick Bomber. Sound off, boys. Birchie's coming to you live from Phoenix. Uh, let me just say, uh, coming on the Cleeside Estate has been uh, a long way for me. Estate. <laughs> no, 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 it's it's escape. As you can see, this has been something that I've been very, very, very looking forward to. Um, so yeah, uh, Wilson. I swear you. I've listened yeah, to it. You know I swear what? I, I listened uh, to it. I kind of want to echo that sentiment and say this is this has been a dream of mine, and uh, you know, I think in you know it's very important that. I think it's poetic justice that me and Birchie have made it at the same time, considering we've wanted this for years now. So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And then we've got Bomber, who found out about this 20 minutes ago. Yeah, it's good. It's good to get a text. I don't know what got me on here. Um, I think it might be my tweets. But <laughs> yeah. either, either way, um, I'm, I'm happy to be here, and uh, hope, hopefully we can have a good conversation. Bomber, uh, how was your birthday? You and I have had about three or four separate conversations just today, and I don't think we've – contacted each other once in the last seven months that's true yeah no it was, it was good <laughs> thanks for wishing that's me happy birthday oh uh, yeah Bomber. So talked about older now. football soccer uh private equity class from last semester correct um hopefully yeah seven months is strong nick but... nick how, how are the yeah. knees you're a little bit older now are they starting to creak a little yeah you're, you know um i'm a little washed up in terms of the yeah. rec league sports but I'm hoping we have a Wilson. Me and you actually have a playoff game next Sunday. Yeah, we um, do. We do. We're uh, the, one and zero in the playoffs. The Meyer so. Center. Yeah. yeah. Is so. this ho- is this hooping? Is yeah. This hoop. Yeah. Um, I've yet to attempt a shot in the season, but I think I might get one up for the playoffs. We'll see. Yeah, I think we'll we'll, we'll fit you in there. So, is this the biggest snake move since Brian Kelly snaked Cincinnati twelve years ago? <clears throat> I'm gonna, t- I'm, you know, I'm gonna. I can start this off by saying, uh, yes. I mean, please, the man doesn't tell anyone. We have Kyle Hamilton sending out cryptic tweets. I mean, what the hell's going on in that locker room? Have you ever heard where the the coaches get blindsided? I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, that, I mean that that's some crazy. I mean, it makes you like. I, my roommate brought up a good point. He said, like, is he does he know some? Is there some scandal about a drop? Obviously, I think not. But you know. It's weird. Yeah, that was bad. I, did you guys see that tweet saying the assistant coach walked out of a, uh, a recruit's house and just saw on his phone? It's a bad look. It. Yeah, just saw on his phone. Yeah. So what I'll say about this is it's a very – I don't want to say bittersweet, but it's a very bitter moment. And for me, what it feels like is – this is the guy who's been the face of the franchise that I've loved since like fifth or sixth, fourth or fifth grade. So he's been there since whatever, 2009, 2010, when he first got hired. And it feels like he's been this girlfriend that I've had going, <laughs> going through school. And now we're heading off to college and, and, <laughs> and she's getting kind of cute, right? She and she's getting in. cute. Yeah. And she goes to a different school than I do. And it's we're coming to terms with the fact that she has just broken up with us. Um, but and the good news, we're also at our own college, and, and there's you know, and we got kind of a, a lot of great smoke shown in Marcus Freeman. And there's a lot of great coaches out there, a lot of great suitors out there, and you know maybe uh, 
you know, what stings about this is maybe we didn't pay that girlfriend enough money throughout the years. Maybe <laughs> our, our students were chanting things at this girlfriend, yeah. uh, such as firing this girlfriend. And maybe this girlfriend had some, you know, some, some feelings that have boiled over. And, uh, you know, you just tell us who she is, tough. man. Just tell us who she is. <laughs> Speaking uh, of girlfriends, uh, shout out to Caroline. We had a little debate last night about whether or not Brian Kelly would go to USC. I like explained that that would basically because Kirk Herbstreit brought that up before Lincoln Riley. And I explained that would never happen. I proceeded to take it a step further and better $100 that Brian Kelly would not leave anywhere for the next five years. She said, no, $30 max. I said, no, it has to be a hundred dollars because the bet is going to last five years. It lasted less than 24 hours. Uh, So I'm out of a hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah, so that's it's, you can't make this stuff up. Um, no, you really can't. I mean, can you say did it's you, a good did you bet? Jinx us? Even though, yeah, I think I did might. You have. Jinx us? Bad question. Bad question. I think I'm at fault here. Despite despite the snake, I think it's me. Bert, what you got? What were you gonna say? Yeah, I mean, uh, you hate to say a losing bet's a good bet, but I would have said that that's a good bet, and so you know, yeah, yeah it sucks, but. Yeah. But talk about immediate karma. I mean, that was yeah. – you, didn't, oh even, you didn't even make oh. it a day. And, and oh I mean, gosh. to talk about karma, I was – I mean, 15 minutes before uh, I found out about this, I was texting with my brother, and I was trying to find some sympathy in my heart for Oklahoma fans, what they've gone through in the last 24 hours with <laughs> – or 48 hours, losing to their rival in a playoff-determining game, losing their head coach – losing losing big time recruits and knowing that they're heading into an s and knowing that they're heading into the sec oh my god uh in i mean talk about a couple of years talk about uh, you know just that's like if the girlfriend fire. Uh, never mind but no 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 keep going <laughs> no i was just gonna say that's like that's like the girlfriend breaking up with you going to you know school like not with you and then boom five minutes later she's posting somewhere else and then and then you're in the SEC, so there's no really analogy for that last part. And she but, goes to Arizona State, right? With yeah, and you know what that means. Fill in the blanks. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, tough, tough. So, selection Sunday, this Sunday, uh, this is the first time that I can remember. Correct me if I'm wrong. That. A coach has left with the team still in playoff contention, which obviously, of course, kind of makes sense given that it's Notre Dame, but we don't play that last conference game, but it's still just incredible bullshit. Baumer, going to you. Come Sunday, should the committee factor in Brian Kelly's departure into whether or not Notre Dame gets in? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I think it, I think they ultimately like will have it in the back of their mind either way, um, which is like tough. I think if certain things happen, though, like it's going to be hard to keep Notre Dame out, right? I think at this point, if like Oklahoma State wins, um, it's like we need two things to happen, right? We need either Iowa to beat um, Michigan. We need Baylor to beat Oklahoma State. We need Georgia to beat Alabama. We need Houston to beat Cincinnati. If two of those things don't happen, I don't think we get in either way. And And if Alabama wins, we're, we're extra screwed. Yeah, we're extra screwed. So, I mean, I think if two or two or more of those things happen, I think it's going to be hard to keep us out either way. Um, so I don't know if it becomes a factor necessarily, but I don't. I don't think it should. But like, they, I, I would. It would. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't help us. Yeah, it's like this weird middle ground. What, what, Connor and Joe, what do you think? <clears throat> so if I'm. It's. I mean, obviously, I have a hard time imagining this helping us in any way, shape, or form in terms of getting into the playoff. What I could think of is is if somehow some sort of miracle happens, say we get into the playoff, and this is my dream scenario. Marcus Freeman is named the interim head coach for the rest of the year. Marcus Freeman goes to Tommy Reese and says, you have total reign over the offense. Tommy unleashes some style of play or some some plays from deep in the playbook that <laughs> Brian Kelly hasn't allowed due to his like conservative coaching over the last few years, and somehow we just light it up in the playoffs. That now, would just be the boys, two like thirty year olds. 
<laughs> and uh, this is just me totally fantasizing, but uh, you know, that that is the only way I could see this helping us this year. But I, I don't. I, I'm not sure we we make it to the playoff. To be honest, I uh, I don't love our our positioning with regards to Oklahoma State needing to be Baylor and and all those other teams losing. I mean, I mean, Iowa's trash. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're lousy. They, I mean, they were they were they were a nine and two team underdogs to Nebraska, who I think was like. Uh, three, three and, and was that what it was? Yeah, three but Nebraska is the best three, three win team in the history. Of the, they, they are. That's a fact. So, I mean, yeah, they're playing. Uh, the that's got to make quarterback though, too. Well, here we go. What did what is it you paying, Bomber? I said Nebraska was playing with the backup quarterback, and I would, oh I would barely beat them. That game was horrible. They blocked a punt for a touchdown, and Nebraska gave it away. I actually thought. I think. I think if obviously Wisconsin guys, did you lost, see what uh, Kelly's being offered? For the make uh, per year, what I is heard it was a hundred plus. It's roughly fifteen million a year. Oh my is, gosh! Uh, for how many years? Almost, which is like almost ten. 10. So that's like almost double Saban, or I guess thirty three percent more than Saban. Dude, he's for not Kelly. worth. A, he's not worth that much. B, he's not worth okay, it. I get it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. If I got offered that money, I'm first gen out of South Bend. Ten years, fifteen million. It's so much money. That's ridiculous. We don't even we don't even know how much money he's making at Notre Dame though. The weird thing about us is like the sticker price will be like three million dollars, but like in his contract, we're allowed to pay his corporation. He's allowed to get paid from outside sources. Like they bought us like that fat house that we all like know where it is, um, close mm-hmm. to Notre Dame Ave. I mean, he gets paid in so many different ways. Like I don't even think you can like we can calculate how much he was getting paid at ND. And like the, I mean, but we can know we it's less than that because he left. We might get to this later. I don't know how much of a negotiation it even was. Like, I've heard from some people that Swarbrick had no idea um, before he like took the job. Um, with regards to how much he's getting paid, I have like heard a couple of things on why LSU is going all in on Brian Kelly. Um, the first being that like, if you think about what Notre Dame was when Brian Kelly came in, it was a dumpster fire, and he was like a great stabilizer. So think about what LSU is going through right now. I know I think they're going under some investigation. Well, they need to be stabilized. Uh, they need to be stabilized. <laughs> so I, I don't understand, I mean, whether they view this as like, uh, I mean, a 10-year, like they need him for 10 years to stabilize their program. Or, I mean, they need the, they need the stimmy. Is, but did you know how long 10 years is? It's so long, which it's is why so I, which is, it is, yeah, it's mind-boggling. Um, I mean, here's two of them. They can stabilize. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> stabilize these. Yeah, stabilize these, Brian. <laughs> All right, so to, to the big big ticket item, who's the next head coach? Who do you want? Birchie, over to you first. Marcus Freeman. Uh, I, in, in my fantasy, see Marcus Freeman being – named the interim coach for the rest of the year um, and seeing what he's done recruiting defensive players for our next two high school classes. So this, the current seniors and the current juniors, he's been able to recruit. Seeing that translate to the offensive side of the ball, so giving him the, the power to, to recruit offensive recruits and to hire people to recruit offensive recruits. Uh, I think it's something that could, you know, with him being the face of a program, uh, push us to the next level. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, I've seen some things with like Bob Stoops and John Harbaugh. And don't give me I, Stoops. I don't. Want I, Stoops. I don't know enough to say that I would want those guys. But uh, I really, I, I think it's got to go to Marcus Freeman. Wilson, what are your thoughts? You know what? I mean, like I said earlier, it's got to be Coach K. I mean, hmm. he he's coming off. He's retiring this year. I mean, he's looking for another challenge. I think that's the best bet. Realistically, they're not going to hire Coach K because he's a basketball coach. So if I had to choose my realistic bet for who do I want, I want oh, – this one's tough. I want Mike Tomlin. That's also not going to happen. Freeman's a good bet, and I'm all over the place here, but I want Kingsbury, Cliff. Mm. He's handsome. He's coming from Arizona. He'll have a good tan. He'll be good with recruits. You know, what's not to love? Bomber. All right, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna go one that's out there. It's just like not gonna happen, but like obviously it would be like the, like the the best get I think. 
um, going Matt LaFleur. Ah, if the Packers, if mm. the Packers suck, I mean, he was a quarterback's coach at ND, like, what, five years ago, I think? Maybe a little bit longer? Um, that's a good, that's should a good have looked that up. He's got connections, but, I mean, like, the Packers are, like, one of the best teams in the NFL, so I don't see that happening right now, obviously. But that's, like, wildest dreams. Um, what about the wake? He, nah, just signed nah. a new, he just signed a new contract. Oh, he did. I like the yeah. I like the pick bomber because it seems so. If you were able to like keep Marcus Freeman around somehow and hire uh, an NFL coach who was a former quarterbacks coach, I mean, college football has currently the last five years revolved around who can develop and recruit the most elite quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, you, you gotta love that. Yeah, the guys, coach Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who's more elite than that? Nuclear option is obviously John Gruden. South Bend ties. True. True. Mm, yes. And, yes. You know, I mean, he's weathered his fair share of scandals. So if there is anything brewing behind the scenes in South Bend, I mean, there's no one better than Gruden. Mm. All right. Or we could go just the all cholesterol lineup. We have Kitchens. We have White. <laughs> cholesterol lineup. We have White. <laughs> and we have that. Uh, who's that other fucking guy who coached Kansas back in the day? He's heinous. Mo. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about, Clay? Who are some fat guys coaching right I now? I mean, let's have a fat guy. like Oh, uh, McCarthy, uh, the Lions Oh, guy. yes. Dude, he, just got, he just got COVID. We better watch our mouths. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, no, I think, I think we need a he fat guy in there. I think we need a fat guy in there. And I'm talking real weight. I'm not talking like 270. Or I'm not even talking like, you know, a little Man, bit of gut. I'm talking like real pounds. Like 300 plus. Man, I, mean, I want I want like... Like there to be a clause in the contract for a heart attack, like a bot, like you don't need to pay it out if he, you know, goes into cardiac arrest on the field. I think it would make for good theater. I mean, I, let's just find the fattest, most Irish dude in Dublin you're, and just sign him. You're describing Mark Mangino. <laughs> Look him up. Your list former Can- yes, the, the former that is the guy. That is the guy. The former Mangino. Is he still kicking? Is he with us? I wish uh, he was on my list. I mean, I mean, and, and your, oh. if, we're, if we're talking about good coaches and fat, real girth, we, like we can talk <laughs> Andy Reid from the Chiefs. Ooh, Fupa whole nine. So, so Bomber, you 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 chimed in and asked me my thoughts here. Uh, I'm a little, and Virtue brings up Andy Reid. I am a little like, obviously, like saving to the NFL didn't work, right? I think the NFL to back to college is probably a little bit easier. Uh, but I think there are definitely a select few. Like you brought up LaFleur. Joe brought this one up to me. I'm going to steal it here. John Harbaugh would be a sick pick. Like, obviously, he's got his brother with all that college coaching experiences. I'm sure he's picked up a thing or two. Uh, I know yeah. his daughter plays lacrosse at ND. Uh, so that would kind of be like ah. a cool opportunity. He's, he's won a Super Bowl. Uh, if you watch Monday Night Football last night, despite the fact that they beat my Browns or Sunday Night Football, uh, Lamar Jackson is not winning you a Super Bowl. The dude, like, he's just not a good enough passer of the ball. Uh, but now this is the Lamar hate show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it I can do. be. <laughs> I like Lamar, but he's he's kind of. I just anyway. That's he threw like ten interceptions yesterday. John we digress. Harbaugh. We digress. John Harbaugh. I like it. All right, Bomber. Let's hear some of the the other coaches on that list. Belichick. Want the list? Yeah, Belichick's on there. Um, <laughs> I think we might make a run in Nick Saban, Dave Aranda, Chip Kelly, Mario Cristobal, Chris Peterson coming out of retirement. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Luke Fickle. Um, well, we, Campbell. Also, Matt and I, if, if we hire Matt Campbell, Campbell, we're burning, Swar- we're, we're, we're burning Swarbrick's halves down. Um, yeah. Same with P.J. Fleck. <laughs> both of those are just non-starters for me. Those, are, those, um, those both feel like uh, – who's the – those both yeah. feel like Tom Herman y. Like, yeah, no, they're just yeah. like these weird. Honestly, McVay, he hates the Rams. You can tell. He just wants to blow his head off every day he coaches them. I would mm. if I coach OBJ. I mean, they, they drive him mad, and he's a young enough guy. I feel like he, he would just, you know, he'd get it done. I mean, I'm not saying I want him, but he should be so, on the list. I got a quick question for Christian here specifically. So uh-huh. we're thinking Ted Lasso, former college football coach goes Ooh. premier league which premier league had coaches stepping in at notre dame oh, oh, good good and leading this team um you know what 
Notre Dame's a big brand. I think we need Pep. I think we need Pep. I honestly wish I knew who Is he the guy who dances, Clee? Oh, you know what? Wait, 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 wait. No. Who's the levitating guy, Clee? That's Pep. That's Pep. Okay, yeah. Jurgen. I like Pep. I would say Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I was just about to change. I was just about to change. All right, can we? I feel like Mangino could also be on the list. That's a that's a cop out to say. It's just about to change, but yeah, Bomber. I feel like the electricity factor would be there with Klopp. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'd be a fan of Klopp. If can we you imagine him just running on the field after a big hit? <laughs> He'd be electric. He would be. And he'd just be patting people on the back on the on the every time they came to the sideline, just positive reinforcement. Yeah. He would yeah, he would like bitch that. out a ref like nobody else. Yeah. Partially because right. he probably doesn't understand what happened, but like, <laughs> very good point. But if you just yell enough, something will happen. Yeah, German. So, something will fall your way. I mean, German just sounds angry. Is he German? Oh yeah, he's German yeah. as hell. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean that that could be good just for arguing for cause. They mm-hmm. wouldn't know what hit him. Mm. I mean, if I was doing my job, like, I'm just doing my normal job, like a ref does his, and I just hear a guy screaming at me in German, like, I'm, I'm, I'm conceding. <laughs> so, it could be a good play. <clears throat> breaking breaking news. Oh, Pat, Pat Polini is talking on Twitter. Oh, um, in a In a group named Marcus Freeman is the next head coach at Notre Dame. Mickey Saf just tweeted that sources have told him that Marcus Freeman is going to be hired. Wow. So are we Boom. breaking this oh. technically then? Yeah, we, I think I, technically we're breaking this. We might be the first podcast to break it. I don't know if it's true, but if it is, that's some big J journalism out of out of us. Yeah. Now he's telling us to join his join his announcement. Twitter space. Damn, I'm getting alpha right now, but I you know what? That's good for Niners breaking the news. We should all we should join in. Let's let's get to that. Last question. Freeman and this this lines up perfectly. If Freeman is the coach, which that's probably the most likely thing to happen, I would think. I mean it's logical. Right. It's the most logical. I mean, maybe not likely, but logical. Who has the edge in the Notre Dame USC rivalry now? Wait, is it head coach against head coach like Oklahoma? Program, against, Freeman, program Riley? against program two years from now when USC has some recruits in. Who do you think has the edge? Two, three years from now. I'm I'm biased and I'm going to say ND, but Riley's the better coach. That doesn't mean they're going to have the better program. He's more experienced, I'd say. I think it depends. I mean, are they playing in 30 degrees in late October in South Bend? Are they playing in 65 degrees in Southern <laughs> California? That's kind of a cop out answer, but like, yeah, it's like de- it's defense, it's defense, it's defense there versus was. offense. All right, it's <laughs> fifty-five degrees, but we play in Nebraska. We'll split it right down the middle. Yeah. That's Midwest, ND, Colorado, Advantage. Eh. ND, Birchie. Uh. Man, hard to say who is going to have the edge. I, I, I mean, I, I can't say USC. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. never give them credit for anything. <laughs> so the institution is a joke. I agree. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I I've been known to speak out of fear on this podcast. I I don't think I've said the U.S. soccer team would win a game yet. Uh, so I I'm very nervous. All I say is I'm very nervous that. Every good quarterback is going to go to Lincoln Riley, the perceived QB guru. So, um, I mean, all we'll... the good, all the great quarterbacks have been going to Oklahoma, and I mean, what is what have they done super substantially? I mean, Spencer Rattler sucks. Their program is no no better than, a candy than we were when we had Ian Book playing. I mean, we both made it to the playoffs. Right, but, but now, was... see, I'm concerned he can get those quarterbacks and everyone else at this point at yeah. USC. That's my. That's what really scares me, because you know you like. I mean, say what you want about Baker now, but Baker goes number one. Kyler goes number one. Jalen Hurts is now a starter. I mean, you can't totally yeah. blame the credit for that, but I still think he has that label as like the QB guy. I see what, yeah, that's a good point. It's 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 scary hours. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's join Niner's uh, thing. This was fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Glad to have you boys on and. Uh, Hopefully this this all works out in our favor. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Christian. All right. Yeah, thanks, Christian. Christian.
glad to glad to have joined the escape. Loves that question, John. That's great. <laughs> the estate, yes, the estate. The estate. <laughs> All right, see ya. Spicer. Hello. What's going Plar- on? Plars in, Plars in the background of our podcast getting fired up because I just broke her the news that Brian wow. Kelly's leaving. She says basically the sentiments are how can you do that? That's garbage. <laughs> it's the middle of the season. Kind of hitting all hitting home all the points that you know, really ring true is what I would say. I mean, say. she checked all the boxes on that one. Honest to God. This is earth-shattering news. Spencer, you and I were originally supposed to talk, like, the the argument for why ND should have to play a final game, a 13th game. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was trying to prepare for it, and my brain is just all over the place. I'm like, I just can't believe this happened. Well, that was it's- prior to this – groundbreaking news, which I think, I mean, personally, I've never been a fan of uh, Brian Kelly, but, I mean, it's undeniable that he's a good coach. I mean, his, his winning, he's the most winning coach, winningest coach in Notre Dame, right? And Yep. I mean, I, but I just don't. I, I, that doesn't mean I have to like him. And he <laughs> said, yeah, right. And, I mean, he kept saying, you know, I'm the winningest coach in ND history who doesn't have a national championship. And it's like, dude, it's there for you. You're one of the top six. You're one of six teams that could win it all this year. And don't get me wrong. Like Georgia should win it all, but I think this is the most wide open and it's been in a really long time. So I'm just shell shocked that he would make a decision like this. Uh, LSU is kind of a dumpster fire right now. So uh, just, just crazy, honestly. And going off of what Pilar said, because I mean, She's, as always, she's great, dropping facts. Yeah, as always, great commentary. It's <laughs> ND is number five in the year right now, and he's taking this job like their season's over. When there right. is a strong possibility that Notre Dame makes the college football playoff, like it, it's it's there. I mean, it's probably yeah. more than fifty percent or around there, right? I, I I don't know about all that, but but. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, you got Michigan, Iowa, and Alabama, Georgia this weekend, and you know, the, you're, you're probably right in a way. It is around fifty percent. I mean, both, you know, either I think if if Georgia blows Alabama out of the water, there's a chance they fall out, and if Michigan loses, they will fall out. So I mean, yeah. it's And you know what I think is kind of messed up. Well, like you you mentioned that scenario working out right, and that's how. It, that's how, you know, if Ryan Kelly is the coach, that's exactly how it should work out. But if you're the committee, if Notre Dame doesn't, like, name basically their interim – like, if they don't do something big by Selection Sunday, aren't you just like, oh, well, they don't have a head coach. We don't want to put them in there. I mean, at the end of the day, there's, there's deserving. But when you just – this has never happened before. So, you know, seven or eight years of the playoff, but this has never happened before where a team's in contention and their coach leaves. Unheard. Uh, which is crazy to even think about, but you know, if yeah, well, but like, I, so generally speaking, it's most deserving. But when Brian Kelly pulls that chair out from MD and suddenly they don't have a head coach, it's like evaluate them. Like you, even if they are deserving, you can't just put them in there and you know hope they don't get blown out. Like, and obviously, as a as a MD. Uh, alum, you I, I know more about the program than I do. I consider myself a fan, but not as much as not as hardcore as as you most likely. But like this, this kind of plays into like how this affects Notre Dame. This really, this argument kind of really plays into our other thing we wanted to touch up on is if Notre Dame were to play in, let's say, the ACC championship game this year. And they blew out. Who would let's see? Who would be? Who would they play in the ACC championship? Wait, or it would be Wake or Pitt. I mean, that's a, oh, they, obviously they, they would have had to play the ACC schedule. That's like a huge hypothetical, but you know, the ACC was was not very strong this year. They'd most likely be in the same position. I mean, they still Notre, Notre Dame still had to play, you know, number three Cincinnati, and they right. still Wisconsin. had to play Wisconsin. Was so I mean, it wouldn't the strength of schedule wouldn't be much different. And what I'm saying also is in situations like these, they would roll over Wake or Pitt 
and they would make even a better even with this Brian Kelly news, they'd make even a better run for the for the top four spots. So, so let's get into it. That actually first before we get into it, forget Notre Dame, USC and LSU just got Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly respectively. Three years from now, who do you think should be a better team? Oh, USC and LSU. Yeah, with LSU. Lincoln Riley. LSU for sure. You think I mean, so? Yeah, mainly just because of the. The next three years, I would say LSU, they're just a hotter commodity right now. You know, you got you got a lot of good NFL talent from the from LSU right now. People making a lot of noise like Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. I mean, the, the two Browns guys, of course, are the two that come off the top of my head. Joe Burrow. I mean, you got a lot of yeah. LSU guys making a lot of noise in the NFL, and I think that's going to attract a lot of people for the next two or three years. And I think that they're, they've just been – you know, despite, you know, not this year, counting out this year, they've been a pretty hot program. And I think that's appealing to people and playing in the SEC on top of that. So I, w- I would say LSU because I don't have really any other reason to believe that USC is going to be. I mean, they've gone through what? How many head coaches in the past 10 years? Yeah, several. Clay Helton, uh, whoever the, I mean, whoever the interim is now and then. Yeah, a couple, a couple others in between. That's for yeah, sure. The last notable USC coach was Pete Carroll, and that was fifty years ago. Like you can't, you can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm really worried that Lincoln Riley's going to get every good quarterback recruit to go to USC. Um, I'm worried that USC is going to rise again here, and with this horrible news for ND today, it's, it's a, been a, it's been a, it's turned the USC ND rivalry on its head a little bit if Notre Dame can you know stabilize the ship here hopefully it won't be a big deal but uh I'm personally more worried about USC part of me just feels like I don't think Brian Kelly's a fit in Louisiana to begin with I mean he's coached in Indiana and Ohio like his whole life in Michigan it's his first time in the SEC I mean it's gonna be an adjustment for sure I wouldn't expect him I wouldn't expect him and LSU to come out and be national championship contenders next year yeah but they sent him, what, 10 years, 10 mil? Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah, a lot better than he's getting paid at ND, that's for sure. Yeah, so, like, I I mean, I'd give him a year or two to, to get the ball rolling, but I agree. I don't like him there. I think, it, like you said, it was a slap in the face. This snake dude's move, too. Snake move. I think is I'm labeling him as a scumbag. I've never liked the dude. I yeah. don't know why. You just, to me, seems like the type of guy who just is, it's never his fault. He, you know, it's, it's, I don't need he's in the and I was running away from from Notre Dame like he's yeah he's got a chance this year to win a national championship like he said he never has and now he's just running away from it seems like a fraud to me he seems fraudulent yeah I would agree um yeah so move so moving to our our big point of contention here this this could actually be short and sweet here but I think this is something that comes up all the time when discussing ND football, and I felt like it would be a good thing to, to iron out on our podcast here. So you brought it up. You know, we have, we're in a group chat together. It's all our friends from, like, grade school and everything. Yeah. It's, called, it's called the disagreement group. There are frequently yeah. takes. Our good, our good <laughs> friend Riley, 80% of his takes are just, like, intentionally inflammatory. Sometimes it feels like uh, – However, Bro, it's just nonsense most of the time. But I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if he's I listening to one of my podcasts. Maybe maybe he'll uh, tune in this time when, once he knows there's some dirt circulating. Uh, however, he'll have something to say about this Brian Kelly thing, that's for sure. Yeah, he probably wants us to hire like UTSA's coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so you brought up that you think ND needs to play a 13th game. I know you touched yeah. on it a little bit, but why don't you just outline the whole argument? So I think, so I think my my main like overarching theme for this for this argument is that if you want to if you want to prove yourself as a top four team in the country or a top three team in the country, I think you should play as many games as ever as those other teams. And let's let's be honest. None of the other independent teams are gonna are gonna be top four in you know the next twenty years. You know, BYU, Army, no. Um, okay, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. So these are a little bit of gotchas, but I want to run them by you. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> okay, sure. okay. Alabama, 2018. They go 11 and 0. They lose the Iron Bowl to, to Auburn, who plays okay. Georgia, who plays Georgia 
in the SEC championship, Georgia wins. Georgia is the one-loss SEC champ, I believe, maybe undefeated. I think one loss. Goes to the national championship uh, where they play – where Bama gets in as the four seed with one loss. They've played 12 games. Okay. Would you would you agree that they should have gotten in that year having only played 12 games? Why they only play 12 games? Because they didn't get to the SEC championship because they lost to Auburn. Oh, now yes, now this is coming back to me. Yeah. Uh, no, I would make an argument that they, they, they shouldn't have belonged there. And I mean, they probably – well, that and here's the thing, too, with, with the college football playoffs. In, in my scope of fairness, I think it's unfair that they were allowed to be in. Were they talented enough to be in? Sure. But it's what – is, what is the college football playoff what, – what is their goal, to have the best four teams in there? Or is it to make the rest of – or is it to have it be a fair shot for all the – for, you know, Division One colleges in the country? Do, do, do they all get a fair shot or are they just going to favor the, the high-powered teams and figure out which high-powered high teams are the best? Well, if you're you an Ohio see, State you fan, saying? you – if you're an Ohio State fan, you say, you know, why even play the games if we're just favored in Vegas every week? I mean, I'm sure there will be – when Notre Dame ends up ahead of Ohio State this week, I'm sure there will be Ohio State fans claiming that Ohio State is the quote-unquote better team despite exactly. having lo- lost two games they should have won. Exactly. I mean, if they were, you know, the, a better team. I mean, I think there's some combination of you got to go play the games. And, and, the, and the thing is with me also is that it's – it, the way the college football playoff is set up for me, or at least what the vibe it gives off to me, is that you know the regular season doesn't it, it it doesn't matter. You know if if you got if you go undefeated, there are teams that are going to be undefeated this year. You know like Cincinnati, and they're in and they're barely going to make. There are people going to be arguing that they shouldn't be in it, and like. I know UT, or UTSA lost, but I mean, even if they went undefeated, they weren't going to make it. And so, to me, it's just like it's just like the regular season doesn't matter. You know, these teams are playing for nothing. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have that much sympathy for Cincinnati to be honest. And they're gonna. It looks like they're gonna make it either way. Well, they beat um, Notre Dame, so I don't expect you to. But <laughs> no, 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 but no, but I mean, like at the end of the day, I just think there's a lot to be said for playing a difficult team week in week out. I mean, not not sorry, not necessarily a difficult team. Playing like a real football team, a Power Five football team, week in week yeah. out, and I don't yeah. think like I just think it's fair. And Spencer, the the actual situation that I'm dreading is Cincinnati loses. I'm not truly dreading it, but I'm I'm dreading it in the reading tweets sense because if Cincinnati loses and ND jumps them, there's going to be a firestorm. Whether or not that's like, even though that might still be the right move. It is going to all hell is going to break loose if ND jumps Cincinnati uh, after this weekend. In what in what way if they lose the if they lose the thirteen Houston and then oh yeah because since he beat Notre Dame and people are going to think you know oh they should be in over Notre Dame because they beat them exactly exactly and so this this is where it's all this is it all goes back to my argument that it makes it seem like the regular season doesn't count doesn't count it, when you say doesn't count doesn't count for the the underdog teams yeah and it, it, it's it's bs in my opinion you know i, I it doesn't so you give... would but so you would say so utsa right they're 11 and 0 yeah they were 11 and 0 they just got beat by like 30 to like a north northern, texas yeah northern texas. so you think shout a team like green. that deserves shout out mean green shout out mean green so you think <laughs> you think they deserve <laughs> to have a have a shout at the playoff like no, no, not now but yeah okay but okay but if they won if they won, yeah, because you know, for me, I guess it's more of a personal view now that I'm talking through it. But I, I would like to, I would like to see these teams get rewarded for going because it doesn't. I don't care who you are, winning 12, 13 football games in a row is a tough thing to do, no matter what team you are, no matter what division you're in. And I think, and I think I would like to see that as a college football fan, seeing teams like Cincinnati, UT. I mean, not as dramatic as UTSA. But, I mean, I'd like to see these teams make a shot because I'm tired of seeing Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State in it every year. You know, yeah. I want to I see a little revolt. Like, uh, I want to see some diversity in the Final Four. And, I, and other people are going to come at me saying, like, oh, well, those aren't the best teams. You know, that, that's kind of, you know, it's, you're not putting the best teams in there. Like, well, so, well, I mean, 
I want <laughs> I want to watch fun football. You know, I want to go yeah. and I want I want the regular season to mean something. I want to see smaller schools like Cincinnati getting pumped up because I think it's a lot of fun. I, I think hear it's that. a lot more so fun I, that way. So I'm I will take a heavy opposition here, but okay. I, I completely understand the sentiment. I heard I think it was like Keyshawn Johnson saying. Uh, like he doesn't want to see, and this is this is the Notre Dame fan in me who loves Notre Dame, and we've had a couple teams in the playoff now, uh, and they got like they got trounced, but to be fair, <laughs> both times they got beat, that team went on to win the national championship and beat the team they played in the national championship by more points than they beat Notre Dame, so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, I hear what you're saying in terms of the like it being fun and whatnot. I don't. Tr- I truly don't think people understand. Notre Dame has some, done something really cool by being like that number four team a couple teams a couple years now, mm-hmm. and you can you can slide whoever you want in at four playing those Alabama and Clemson teams. They're going to get killed. It, like I, yeah, and I think it is. I think it, Notre Dame f- full fully deserved it, uh, and I. I I can sympathize with that want for like more diversity in terms of like just seeing something new, but it's kind of like this grass is greener thing where you think, Oh, you slide somebody else in there. It'll be like a different look, but I can tell you those Alabama Clemson teams are just going to kill you. That's, that's my opinion at least. And it's not going to be fun <laughs> once it's like 14 0 in the first quarter, you're not going to be sitting there saying, Oh, thank God. You know, this wasn't Notre Dame. And ultimately I, I just feel like if you, if you like Notre Dame has gone out and, done what you need to do to get yourself there and deserve it, then you deserve to be rewarded, even if it's not good viewing. I mean, that makes sense. You know, and I, and I understand that view as well. But like like I said, at at the same time, I think it would make college football. um, I think it would just make it more exciting to have Mm -hmm. more, to have a more diverse uh, crowd in the, uh, in the top four in the college football playoffs. But and then I understand your argument that those you know teams will get rolled that way. Like if UT Austin goes undefeated, gets the fourth spot, they get rolled by whoever they play. I get it. But what if they don't? What if they beat you know? What if they beat Clemson or Alabama? That's that's crazy, you know. And and they you know and they might give them a shot. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I just think I think there's a lot of t- I, I I hear what you're saying. Is the bottom line. I, I differ, yeah. but I, I hear I I agree to disagree there. Yeah. Uh, so going back to. <laughs> to our, our main point here, but so we feel like, so your thought is Notre Dame needs to play that extra game. So here, here would be my yeah. argument against Notre Dame playing that extra game. What I can say is I think it draw a lot of it draws on not just Notre Dame, the football program, but Notre Dame, the school. And in going to Notre Dame, I can tell you as a student, there are plenty of times where you are frustrated or like, can't stand Notre Dame for many of like the elitist things that go along with it. Obviously I love Notre Dame, but there, there were plenty of times where like, it almost felt like I loved my school more than like a lot of people loved their school, but I also hated my school more than a lot of people <laughs> hated their school. Uh, and I think a lot of people have that view as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say most people are like one or the other, but having gone there, you were like, there were plenty of times when we were just thinking like, what, what can, in the world is that decision? I can yeah. relate to that. So I think the fact that Notre Dame is the one school who consistently three out of these last four years has vied for that playoff spot, but at the same time has not had to play on championship weekend draws like a lot of hate just for the kind of like elitism of it. Would that be, would you agree with that? I, I agree. I mean, I, I can understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah. I think if you look past that, which the committee does, and I like, yeah. I think the committee should be a bigger and they, group as of they people. should, as they should. Yeah, I mean, it has right. nothing to do with football. Right, and and oh, by the way, like if yeah, like part of this is I love reading tweets. I know you're on Twitter pretty often, and the Twitter community <laughs> as a whole just hates Notre Dame. So, yeah. um, but I think if you dig into it, Notre Dame's the uniqueness of Notre Dame's schedule is something that's really cool. Like I listened to podcasts with some of the players on it, and they talk about how playing the ACC last year was super boring as a fan. It was really boring. And like all the, the offenses generally run the same way. I, I don't have fun watching us play Virginia and like basic Georgia tech and like teams like that, where it's just, unless you're, you get a matchup with Clemson, like we will next year, it's not fun yeah. to play the ACC. So I think Notre Dame's schedule as a whole 
in the world of college football is a super cool thing. It uh, is. And I think ultimately my, my point with this, with this last game would be first that there are plenty of schools who don't – they play 13 games on paper, but a few of those games aren't games. Like look at Georgia just played Charleston Southern, you know. That's not even yeah. a game. Uh, and I, I mean, think yeah, Notre Dame only beat Toledo. But even Toledo, group, but like, even Toledo is like, like okay, you can fact check me here, but like, isn't Charleston Southern an F- FCS team? That's like even a whole different step down from Toledo. <laughs> that might be true. I'm not trying to sm- spite Notre Dame there. They progressively got a lot better throughout right. the season, I, I think. I, so I, I think where you stand is they need to play that 13th game to get in. What I would say is if Notre Dame's like worst case scenario here, you kind of laid it out. What Notre Dame needs to happen is Georgia needs to beat Bama and one of Cincinnati, Michigan, or Oklahoma State has to lose. And if they don't, this year and maybe even other years, I think the fact that Notre Dame doesn't have a conference championship and those teams do should be weighted, and those teams should probably get in over Notre Dame. But I don't think Notre Dame should by any means have to bow to having that 13th game. And I think that ultimately, if they continue with their kind of unique schedule – that should just be evaluated against these other teams. And things like FCS games should be taken into account. And wherever the chips fall, they may fall. But I think there's a way where they should be allowed to be in it if, if so deserving, but also have that conference championship maybe you know, work against them a little bit. So let me, let me ask you this question now. Do you think if Notre Dame goes, what are they, 11-1 and one or 10-1? Yep. and 11-1. Eleven and one. If Notre Dame goes eleven and one as a member of the ACC, are they number four or are they number six or are they number five right now? Oh, interesting. You mean just in terms of, you mean in yeah. terms of that game coming up and the the committee anticipating that game coming up? Yep. I mean, obviously, it's like impossible because they didn't play the ACC teams. Exactly. But, but like, what what do you think? Do you think if they go eleven and one in the ACC, if they're yeah, in the ACC I think this so. Year, and that, I, and yeah, and that's what and that's what I'm trying to say too is that it's it. it like not only does it solidify how good Notre Dame really is, I think it I think it helps the committee gauge them better on on making their decision about them. Yeah, I mean, I I just think with their schedule, generally speaking, it's not great this year, but generally speaking, like next year we open at in Columbus against Ohio State. We're gonna play Lincoln Riley. Exciting. Yeah, that's gonna be a Super Bowl. Uh, well, we're gonna, we're going to play Lincoln Riley's USC, and we're going to play Clemson at home again. I just think there's there's enough there to really give you a gauge, you know. And uh, I see what you're saying. Uh, it's a commonly commonly brought up argument, but I think it was I think it was good to kind of hash it out here, kind of view both sides of the coin. So, and also I want to ask you this because all the, I've been mentioning the ACC a lot, and I just and I talked about this with one of my friends the other day. Is Clemson done? Are they done being a good football team? I don't know, man. That's a, that's a good question. I think Dabo kind of lost some of his swagger I, in kind of like a political way. You know, he, he started to, like, say things about COVID, uh, stuff, about, <laughs> stuff about NIL, and I think it honestly made him look bad. Uh, and they just don't have that swagger like they did. I think, you know, us beating them last year did, did put a little chink in their armor, and then obviously they get throttled by Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, I'm not willing to say that yet. I still think the ACC sucks so much that they could limp their way to a title next year. Very, very weak comments. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So I think I, I would not. Uh, I wouldn't call him dead just yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to sum it all up, Brian Kelly is a scumbag, and um, no not much else to say. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, that, I snake that, move. I, I bring it all around. Brian Kelly sucks. I yeah. Mean. yeah. I, uh, 12 years winning his coach. He's going to take, he's going to be the, I think we, we uncovered something there that I hadn't considered. He's going to be the first coach to take a, leave a team while they're in playoff contention. That's never happened before. Yeah. And that I, is, I, that's a damn shame. If it's I a damn shame by bad. itself and to get, to consider that he's the winningest coach in history, just incredible. I just wanted to circle back because I forgot to mention that it's it's such an odd move to me. Also, not just because of the the current situation that they're in, like in contention for a college football playoff, uh, 
it's a it's a it's a horizontal move. It's not a vertical yeah. move. Or, or know, it, it, not going it, up or down. No, it could be ver- it could be vertical. It could be step. down. <laughs> it could be a little down right now. You could argue. I mean, I mean, yeah, I think it is to be honest. And, yeah. and it's he's got to play Alabama every year now. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. You, you, you see, like Urban Meyer, he goes up to the NFL, and then you see people like uh, Nick Saban, who went back down to college football. You know, you either move up or down the scale. He just yeah. sidestepped. Yeah, and it makes it makes no or moving up to bigger programs. Like I just I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. And I don't think anyone understands it right now. It's been out for an hour. Maybe something will come up that uh, maybe you pulled a poach. Maybe you pulled a coach. Oh, it just hasn't hit the media yet. Maybe you slept with a. Yeah. a I mean, I, I got to think it. I got to think the kicker's that money. I mean, he just wasn't making that much at ND. Uh, but but maybe maybe he sees this truly. Maybe he really thinks what some people in the media think that he's done all he can with ND, and. Uh, that this will this will be the thing that eventually gets him his national title. I mean, he's kind of an old he's an older guy. He's like sixty. So, you know, no, they should just do a they should just do a straight up swap. I think ND should get Coach O. <laughs> Please I no, I, I genuinely don't think that man is a good coach whatsoever. Go Irish. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound good. If that's the only sound bite we get, that does sound good. All right, Spence. Well, this was fun. Um, thank you for being the first member of the disagreement group to come on the podcast. Hey, man, uh, I know there's up. a there's a lot of soccer haters in that group, so I don't think they've uh, they've gotten around to it much. But uh, I had a good time and uh, love to do it again. Hey man, growing up, Bill would have me in the in the car listening to sports talk radio. It was always a dream of mine to call in and talk about sports. So this is like me living out a childhood fantasy a little bit. So thank you for having me on, man. <laughs> Spencer, you will be oh. back. I can tell you that much. And maybe you'll oh. we'll have to bring your dad with you. Oh, then I'm not, I wouldn't put anyone through that, but <laughs> uh, I will, I'll be glad to come back. Sounds like a plan, Spence. All right. Cheers, man. See you. All right. See you, man. Thanks.